pleasure to be here with you. I've really missed gathering like this. Um, so stoked to be here. And welcome to everyone who's joining us online as well. What a strange season we've been through these past two years. I feel like there's been a lot to process. I wonder if you felt that way too. Uh, however you're feeling right now, or whatever you're processing, know that you're held by God in that place, and he loves you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Anya. I'm married to Theo, and I'm currently journeying through what feels like a bit of a wilderness season in my career. I wonder if any of you can relate. During one of the many lockdowns we experienced here in Auckland, I was working from home on this particular day when I noticed a little chirping sound in the backyard. Being easily distracted, I located the position of this little creature. I noticed its breathing was labored and it was even struggling to stand. Its head kept drooping and dramatic as it may sound, I began to fear for this little bird's life. I thought, this is it. This little bird is going to die in my backyard and be eaten by a cat. It's been abandoned by its mother. This is it. <laughs> so I proceeded to put a little dish of water out for it and say a little prayer. And then after a few more minutes of labored breathing and head drooping, much to my surprise and delight, in swooped mother bird with a big juicy worm and fed her little one. Soon after, the little bird waddled around the backyard as if it had never known hunger in its life. And as I reflected on this incident in my backyard, it made me think about the vulnerability of creation and on the generosity of God. This little bird was completely vulnerable. It wasn't able yet to fend for itself, so it actually would have died if its mother hadn't bought it a worm. And this, if we're honest, is the reality we live in. Without God, we can't survive. And yet, much of the time, we act as though we're doing pretty well on our own. After all, for the most part, we've got it covered right. We've got a reasonable job, family and friends, a good book or podcast, and a nice surf beach nearby. What more could we need? But for all our attempts to do things on our own, we really are no more alive than that languishing baby chick, waiting in desperate need for living bread. To be aligned to reality is to acknowledge that we are solely dependent on God. And this is uncomfortable for us because it means admitting to our own powerlessness and necessitates that we surrender in humility to God. But this is a God we can trust because this God who gives life and breath to all things provides, protects, and nurtures even a helpless baby bird. As you will have seen, news headlines at the moment feature war, famine, plague, natural disasters and shootings. So it can be easy to feel like everything's falling apart and like our best bet is to close off from the world around us and go into self-preservation mode. We can easily fall into the trap of thinking that there isn't enough to go around and that our survival is all up to us. I totally get it. That same tendency lives in me too. But this is just not the life that God has created us to live, and it's not even the truth about the nature of reality. As the psalm suggests, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. 
so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. So at the heart of the universe is not scarcity, depravity, and hatred, as the news headlines might lead us to believe, but instead generosity and love stemming from a generous and loving creator. I did a brief word study on the psalm, and it melted my heart a little to discover that the Hebrew word used for compassion in the psalm is also the word used for womb. It's often used to describe tender care, mercy, and affection. Isn't that so beautiful? What poetry that God's compassion surrounds us like a womb, nurturing and protecting a baby. Such is God's grace towards us. Such is his gentleness with us. Such is his protective nature over us and desire for our growth in him. What a beautiful God. How worthy to be praised. Sadly, so often this is not how we think about God. So often we live as if he's angry with us, like an overbearing landlord or a disappointed parent who's abandoned us or is waiting to point out our faults. We feel like we need to earn God's love, like we're only worthy of his grace when we're doing something to earn it. We feel like we must do good to be loved, but this is not the God of grace that we worship. As followers of Jesus, we're invited into an economy of grace, which is totally different from the one we're used to living in. The call is to enter into this strange, beautiful, and unfamiliar land, to this place where love lives, to this place of grace. I wonder how we can become a community that embodies this grace more and more. The psalm also powerfully echoes that chapter in Israel's history during the exodus from Egypt, where God had rescued his people from slavery and was bringing them into the promised land. In the wilderness between those two places, Moses went up on a mountain to meet with God. And at one point in their dialogue, Moses said to God, show me your glory. And in that fateful moment, the God of the universe revealed himself to mankind. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. He passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. See, God is not stingy and angry, but so very generous with us, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and rich in loving kindness and truth. Psalm 145 is one of many acrostic psalms in which the first letter of each verse follow the order of the 22-letter Hebrew alphabet. In sum, the psalm is praising God for his greatness and his power and for the beauty of his character. He is faithful and kind, 
loving and forgiving, just and good. It reflects on the fact that God provides for and satisfies the need of every living creature. It reminds us to bless his holy name forever and ever. And what's great about acrostic poetry is that it gives us prompts to consider what it means to worship God. And many of the Psalms are written in this way. Uh, a few years back, I was encouraged to write an acrostic poem. Uh, so I took inspiration from Psalm 85 or 7 and used the phrase, grant us your salvation. Here's what I wrote. Gracious one, reconcile all that is not loving to you. We are unconditionally sought out. You are gracious and kind. Only in you can we understand true relationship. Search our hearts, O oh God, annul our fears. Listen to our prayers. Vindicate us. All we have is yours. Teach us to trust you with our whole lives. Introduce us to your peace. Open our minds to your truth and never forsake us, for we belong to you. I find it so reassuring that in this time of uncertainty, we can be at peace and even by the grace of God, reflect his love and peace to those around us. Because this is the God that we worship. And this is what we will become like if we continue to worship him and seek him with all our hearts. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And as image bearers of this good and merciful, gracious and compassionate God, we are called to become like him. I love what Tozer wrote about this in The Pursuit of God. He said, The pursuit of God will embrace the labor of bringing our total personality into conformity to his. I do not refer here to the act of justification by faith in Christ. I speak of a voluntary exalting of God to his proper station over us and a willing surrender of our whole being to the place of worshipful submission, which the creator-creature circumstance makes proper. Be thou exalted is the language of victorious spiritual experience. It is a little key to unlock the door to great treasures of grace. Made as we were in the image of God, we scarcely find it strange to take again our God as our all. God was our original habitat, and our hearts cannot but feel at home when they enter again that ancient and beautiful abode. I think what Tozer is getting at here is that the more we worship and honor God, the more we will know his grace and his love for us, and the more we will be at home in him. When I was 16, one incredibly kind and generous lady from my church felt prompted by God that I needed to go to a conference in Australia. So she paid for my flights, conference tickets, and even set up accommodation for my time there. All I had to do was say thank you and go. I had to pinch myself just about every step of the journey there and back. I felt so loved and so overwhelmed by her kindness. That is the abundance David is talking about in this psalm. That is the generosity of God displayed in a person. God is generous and we were made in his image made to bear the image of the one true God. We are to become generous just as he is generous to us. So we are to be generous to one another. And if you find yourself wanting to give to others, you know that the Spirit is at work. What might God be asking you to be generous with in this season? 
it might not be an all-inclusive, fully paid-for overseas holiday. But Lord knows we need more of him, more generosity, more love, more kindness. And our role in this story is to reflect his character to the world around us, to be salt and light, love and peace, grace and truth. So to the God who paints the sky and feeds the helpless chick, to the King of Kings who stoops down to wash our feet and welcomes us home the moment we return to him, to our God who provides for our every need, who is this King of glory, the Lord Almighty. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, He has compassion on all he has made. So may we become like the one we worship, the God who is generous and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. In a moment, we're going to receive communion, and as we do this, I encourage you to sit and meditate on the goodness of God. Thank him for what you're grateful for. Consider what God might be asking you to be generous with and submit that to him. As we open our hearts to God this morning and receive communion, may we recognize that every good thing placed into our hands is a gift. And as we reflect on the generosity of God, I encourage you to consider if you're open to the Spirit to both inspire and convict your heart. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you need to let go of trying to earn his love? Do you need to repent of something specific and ask for God's compassion to wrap you once again? I am still learning that I am loved simply because I'm his. My default is to try and earn his grace, to try to be good enough for his love. But it doesn't work that way because we're dealing with a gracious and compassionate God who has mercy on all that he makes. So may God, by the power of his spirit that is at work within us, fill us with his life-giving hope, faith, freedom, joy, and love in Jesus' name. And as we close, would you allow me to pray this prayer over us? Loving God, help us to trust you with our whole lives. Help us to live with courage in these strange and uncertain times. Help us to live with open hearts and to live generously toward one another. Help us to trust that it is in the giving away of our lives that we receive it. And on this day, we commit our lives again to you, Lord. Be glorified in highest heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.